Hello and welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast, which now includes a specific thread for the Women Into Business Academy. My name is Julie Hogbin, your host on both podcasts, and if you have any questions on anything you hear, please ask, and if you would like a specific topic covered, let me know, and if you like what you hear, please share. The Competence Staircase, and there are four steps to it. Research demonstrates that when we learn a new skill, we go through the following stages. And from my experience of both good and poor teachers, trainers, mentors, coaches, educators, for want of a better word, we, when we're in that position, need to assess where the learners are prior to starting the intervention. Otherwise, we will mismatch our provision with what they require. And this is certainly the case of one size does not fit all. And for those of you that are listening to this, who are looking to select an educator, whether that be a coach, a mentor, a trainer, a consultant, whatever that looks like, please assess where you are initially and what they provide. Choosing one that is not what you need and is not at the stage that you are or can relate to the stage that you are will hinder your process, probably frustrate you and very possibly cost you money. There are four stages on this competency staircase. Stage one is what they classify as unconscious incompetence which basically means I don't know that I don't know something. So you're unconscious, incompetent. Second stage is conscious incompetence. Something happens and you now know that you don't know something. We make choices. Stage three is conscious competence. So you now know that you know, and you're still thinking about it. And then the final stage is stage four, which is unconscious competence, which means that you know that you know, and you are so competent at the thing that you don't think about it. And just a few examples of where this is prevalent. Learning to drive, learning to read, learning to write, learning a new app, basically learning anything, reflecting on anything and providing or accessing mentoring or coaching. And it all has to start from the position of the learner, which means the teacher needs to reverse engineer the process of whatever it is they're teaching, mentoring in, and remember what they have become unconsciously competent about. The majority of training, the majority of mentoring courses, programs will only ever take us to the level of conscious competence, which means that we know that we know something and we're still thinking about it because we need to practice it. And as adults, if we do not have the chance to practice the skills that may be very recently learnt, 
it's highly likely that they're soon going to be lost to us. We forget them. It's proven that as adults, we are required to take the learning into our longer term memory quickly. And it's key quickly. I.e. put the learning into practice as soon as possible. Otherwise, we will forget it. And when you think about this, if ever you have ever tried to learn a or have been on a training program that teaches you, and I'll just go with systems because it's really key. If ever you've been on a training program that has taught you a new system, a new process, especially if it's something linked to technical and you go on the training program, you know, you know it at the end of the training program, but then you don't go away and immediately practice it. And it might be even a couple of weeks, three weeks, a month later, you go back to do the same, to attempt to do the same thing. I would probably bet you quite a lot of money that you cannot remember what you knew at the end of the training program. So it's really important that when we learn things, we're proactive in supporting the transfer of the learning into life, into business, into the workplace, regardless of who we are and whether we are a receiver or a provider of the learning. So both parties will learn. So whether you're the whether you are the learner or whether you are the teacher, what is beneficial to happen is that an accountability process is essential within the provision of the service or the receipt of the service, whatever that might service might be. It's a process that we're we are all on with everything we do. And individual things we do and learn will be at a different stage on the staircase. So what do I mean by that? We are all unconsciously incompetent about so much. We are all unconsciously competent at so much. And we know what we don't know. We, we, we recognise that we don't know things and then there are other things that we have to think about. But we can do them. So we're all in different places on different things. So let's just go through what that means. So step one, unconsciously incompetent. You don't know you don't know, pure and simple. And the only way we come out of the unconscious incompetent stage is when something happens. You see something or you hear something and you realise that you have no idea what it's all about. Internally and sometimes externally, you will acknowledge that you don't know. Personally, for me, I know I'm unconsciously incompetent at loads of stuff and that stuff being the technical word because I truly don't know what I don't know. And my ego allows me to say that with ease. But what's happened at this level is that you now know you don't know because something's happened. Somebody has said something. Something's happened. Somebody's triggered a thought which raises awareness in you and you make a choice at that point. Which is basically step two, you become conscious that you are incompetent, you know you don't know. And you make choices all the way through the four steps and it is absolutely your choice to what level you want to go with each subject you bump into. 
So when you're consciously incompetent, you will make a choice. You'll make a decision, consciously or unconsciously, that you either want to know more or not. And we do this all of the time. If you make the decision that you want to know more and you learn, however you do that, you become consciously competent. You now know you know. You're still thinking about the thing that you've learned, but you can do it and you can do it to a good standard. You know the rules, you know the regulations, you know the ins, you know the outs of the thing. You are active with and operating with. But you're not so skilled at it that you're just doing it naturally. You're consciously doing something and you will think about it while you're doing it. Now, what happens with practice is that you'll go to step four and you'll become unconsciously competent at the thing. And you'll probably not even consciously remember that you're doing the thing because you'll be doing it remotely. You don't think about it unless something goes wrong and that will bring you back to conscious competence. Let's give you a couple of examples of this. Driving. Have you ever got from A to B and not known how you've got there? Breathing. You don't really think about how you breathe until what happens. You can't or when something goes wrong. Maybe a piece of food gets trapped in your windpipe or you have a sore throat or you've got a cold. Maybe you've got a chest infection. That's when you really start to think about how you breathe. Even walking. You don't really think about how you walk unless you trip up or you maybe slide on wet leaves or you've got an ache about something in your body. So when we're unconsciously competent, it's a very good place to be because you're in your flow. You know what you're doing. You'll know how you do it. You don't need to think about it. Therefore, it can be quicker. Touch typist is a, another great example of this. And it can also be not such a good place to be because you're not really thinking about what you're doing. And if you're not thinking about what you're doing, and not in every case, but bad habits can form. So unconscious competence is exactly that. It becomes such a habit that you do it naturally. And if you're unconsciously competent at something, what can happen? You can become complacent. And quite often when you're unconsciously competent, you can make mistakes because you cut corners as you know the thing so well that you start to do things differently. Quite often when this model, quite often when this model is explained, unconsciously competent is described as, and is perceived as a negative. Whereas unconsciously competent is a really good thing. Just to put the other side to it. If you're in a high pressure job, and just as an example, maybe a paramedic, you don't want to be thinking about everything you're doing. You just want to do it because you know your stuff. Your customers, your service will be more effective when in flow, when things are easier for you and your service provision can be better. Now, of course, 
when service provision can be better because you're in flow and you are operating from an unconsciously competent position, your service can be worse as well. So if you're thinking about the people that you might be coaching or mentoring, if they don't know what they don't know and they can't do it, you can't coach them. You have to give them the information. So at the bottom two levels of the competence staircase, people don't know what they don't know. So you can't coach them into coming to their own decisions. You need to be telling them. You need to be mentoring them, training them, teaching them. If they're at the top two levels, so conscious, competent and unconscious competence, you can be coaching them into a different place because they already know what they're doing. If they've already got the knowledge, it's no good pushing more knowledge in about the same thing because they've already got it. So why aren't they achieving the thing that they've set out to do? And that's more often than not at a far deeper level. If they're not, if they have the knowledge and they're not using it, what's going on for them? Two different processes at different stages of the competence staircase get my words mixed this is a real real model and it's a really well used model and when people come to you for coaching and mentoring or when you are choosing a coach or a mentor or a trainer an intervention of some sort whatever it is you're looking for work out where you are work out what you need and find the provider that can give you that information now providers can be both but they will need to assess where you are before they provide the intervention, whatever that might be. Thinking about service providers, they will all have a preference of who they work with. Some people like to work with people to, to move them up the model, and some people will only ever want to work with people who are consciously competent at something and want to go to the next level. level. Now, this is a complete process because... When you get to the top of the staircase, depending on who you are and what you are, you will naturally want to develop to the next level. So you will come back down to the bottom and then work your way through. So it's a continuous process. Every learner who have accessed the information for themselves are going to be hungry for the information provided. Otherwise, why would they have bought the service? So it's up to us as the provider to assess and provide the best way we can. It's also up for the service buyer, so the consumer, to work out where they are and what they really need. So there's a responsibility on both parties. And as a model, it truly fits with all learning options, both choosing the intervention as a buyer and as the service provider. And as a thought for service providers, when you are training somebody else to really support their growth, what stage do you need to put yourself back to? And this is really interesting. You have to think about what you are doing and how you are doing it. You have to break it down to bring yourself back to the level 
the, the person you are providing the service to is at. So what this is basically for you as the provider is a process of reverse engineering knowledge. It's reverse engineering knowledge of the master to get back to the level of the learner and then bring them forward with you to the level of, uh, to the level of you. Then you let go and they go on to somebody else. That's mentoring. Coaching is a different process because coaching is about unlocking potential, whereas mentoring is about providing info information. It's a quick run through of a relatively complex but seemingly simple process of the competence staircase and its four steps. And as always, if you want to know any more about these sessions that I'm providing on the Conscious Leadership Podcast, please ask. Thank you for listening to the Conscious Leadership and the Women Into Business Academy episodes. If you have any questions, please ask. You can find me on all of the normal social media channels, along with Facebook pages and groups, LinkedIn pages and a YouTube channel. If you like what you have heard, please share to spread the message. And if you have anybody or a subject matter that you would like me to either interview or talk about, please let me know.